welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Welcome back to another episode of the PTBC podcast. Today we are joined by Erica Holmes, a physiotherapist with Group 23 and Calgary Sport Institute, both in Calgary, Alberta. Erica is currently working at the Group 23 Sport Medicine Clinic, where she works with athletes of all levels. And after making connections here, she joined the Calgary Sport Institute, where she works with athletes at some of the highest levels, including the next-gen freestyle and ski cross teams. She is able to balance her time between all clients, allowing each to feel equally important. In her time outside the clinic, she enjoys her time in the mountains and playing hockey and fastball. We all know it can be hard to balance a caseload, let alone handling two unique groups. So today we will be talking to Erica about her journey getting to this point and how she manages to balance her time and her caseload. So without further ado, let's get down to business. So thanks, Erica, for joining us. But before we dive in, can you share with us a bit of your journey and how you came to work in this setting? Well, thank you, guys. It's good to be here. Um, you want, like, how I got from graduation? Where are we going from here? Yeah, let's start there. <laughs> so I kind of fell into physio after up in kinesiology. I played hockey, uh, varsity hockey at University of Manitoba while taking kinesiology um, and then got a summer job as just a part-time personal trainer and a physio assistant and fell in love with getting to work with people one-on-one and seeing the changes and engaging them and empowering them. So I didn't always want to be a physio but uh, I did and then we ended up at Dalhousie uh, University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And that was after getting to be there for nationals. We had nationals with hockey and Addie Ganesh, and I just fell in love with the East Coast, the people there, the lifestyle. Dalhousie was appealing because it had really small classes and um, had really good reviews. And uh, being a prairie girl, any chance to see the ocean was awesome. So I did my two-year program at Dalhousie and was always, always interested in sports. So volunteered through Hockey Nova Scotia, um, volunteered with the Dalhousie Football Club and, uh, and any other opportunities that came down the chain just being in school and just having my ears and eyes open and people got to know me and that I uh, was involved in sport or enjoyed sports. And um, I took my first responder, my sport first responder. Um, of course, just so I was eligible for that. So got as much experience under my belt as I could when I was um, in school. And then I had learned about the uh, Sports Physio Canada program, the certificate and the diploma. So I'm like, yeah, this is 100% my goal. This is what I want to do. I want to go to the Olympics. Like I didn't make it there as an athlete. Uh, let's make it there as a therapist. So that's always still my goal. And steadily working towards that, but um, moved out west. I'd always had my eyes on Calgary, but in the job interview process, um, there's a lot of clinicians wanting you to treat on every 10 minutes and assess half an hour and knowing myself and wanting to get good confidence um, under my belt, new in my career, I I didn't want that. So I ended up taking a job in Grand Prairie, Alberta, small town, 
four hours west or west of Edmonton. And it ended up being amazing for me because there was little to no competition. There wasn't physios who were involved in um, any sports up there. So I got to walk in. I was working with the mid to triple A hockey team. I was working with the senior men's football team. I worked ACAC provincial championships, the college league here in um, Alberta. And it was really easy because there wasn't much competition. But had I started in Calgary, I would have started at a lower level, working with small, like younger kids at 14. But um, yeah, it was great. It uh, kept me busy, which was good. Um, being on the road and being up in Grand Prairie out here, and you know, most of the teams were in for hockey at Edmonton and uh, Calgary. So you're on the road at least, um, you know, every other weekend. And, you know, your closest road trips four and a half hours and trying to squeeze some orthopedic division courses in there. Um, it was hectic. It was a hectic first couple of years for sure. And so now you're at Group 23 and um, CSI. Um, can you give us a little bit of a, a deeper dive of kind of like what your caseload is like and, and what your practice is like at those two? So Group 23 Sports Medicine Clinic has always kind of been my goal clinic. But mm-hmm. um, I moved to Calgary in 2014 and mm-hmm. they weren't hiring. And I didn't have enough experience. Two years was not enough experience so I started again at a life marker clinic, um, got involved in sports again, and then eventually through working a few little stepping stones, working at small sports practices here, there, continuing to work with hockey, football, rugby, worked my way into it. But with uh, Group 23, it's amazing because we have, we have sports med docs, surgeons, we have x-ray there, and then we have our physio side. So big gap in my practice just you know as a regular physiotherapist of not being able to get clients in a timely matter to see sports medicine because if you have a 16 year old that comes in hurt their knee at soccer you know their acl is torn you know they're gonna more than likely need surgery um, or you want them to at least speak to a sports med they're waiting two three months four months and i knew that this was devastating to young athletes careers right like those you know those young athletes that are getting drafted to the WH or you know those ones that are working towards scholarships mm-hmm. so working at this clinic um is amazing um the they're f- the lead therapist for the flame the calgary flames and the calgary stampeders work here so there's a ton of experience mm-hmm. um and then i kind of just fell into csi because it was so the canadian sport institute is a huge training ground for all um, Calgary and area based athletes. There's a lot of win- primarily winter sports based there. So you've got your, your ski cross, your half pipe skiers, your um, losers, bobsled. Um, we have our wrestling team kind of based out women's wrestling based out of Calgary. So mm-hmm. exposure to a, a lot of high level athletes. So I am just very, very thankful that um these doctors who own the clinic, they understand and they support us working with sports because they know that it makes you a better therapist in general. It makes you more well-rounded and they do it too. So if you have to take a couple weeks here or there, they're not like, oh, you know, we only have 14 days of holidays. They're really supportive and it's been a phenomenal experience. I've been in group 23 now for two, coming up two and a half years and I've worked two full seasons with CSI and it's, that 
it's amazing. I love it every day for sure. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so how are you able to keep some of your commitments, not necessarily to group 23, but to some of the clients that you have there? Like say you have to leave for a couple of weeks. I get that group 23 is okay with it, but how does that affect, how are you able to balance that with some of your clients that you're working with? So my, my philosophy, and I tell everybody this on their first assessment, is I like teach a man to fish, right? So I'm not here to breed dependence. Like at the beginning, you be more dependent on hands-on therapy or you'll benefit more, but I empower all of my clients. Um, they all get home exercise programs. They all figure out, you know, I teach them how to trouble um, problem solve. Um, and like I've had clients I've seen on and off since moving to Calgary and you know, some of them, you know, it's, it's a curse, but a huge compliment. They're like, I don't want to see anybody but you, but you always have them lined up. The biggest thing is that I tell them they can reach me. Like these are work trips. So I access my work email when I'm away. I can troubleshoot um, via email. I always line them up with a therapist that would best fit both their injury and their personality um and know that you know they are supported and if there's somebody i'm concerned about i will touch base with them through email but providing them with the tools that they need to take care of their injuries at home um, i find is very helpful mm -hmm. so you know my my kind of a question about just starting and going into sport physiotherapy obviously we, we kind of mentioned your steps that you took but um you know running a sport therapy sport physiotherapy practice it might look a little bit different um, than like a typical private practice uh, setting as well right because there's a lot of different elements that also come into play there um, so how did you kind of prepare to manage uh, a sport physio practice uh, like this because you know school obviously teaches the basics but um, did you have someone on, along the way or did you kind of find things out on your own or how did you try to help manage uh, the whole practice um it's kind of like Fair enough, um, yeah. and just kind of falling into it and just talking with people um mm -hmm. when i had so with uh the certificate program through sports physio you have to have a mentor and okay. um oh my goodness it's so through hockey alberta i was connected with um a, a physio called amy bowerly because she was working with hockey canada at the time um mm -hmm had worked her way up to kind of the at that point it was still an under 22 program and then to the uh the national team at that level and so i worked with amy bowerly and her mentor lois Pollard. and um from grand prairie of course it was through you know through skype or um, phone calls and if i was in calgary i'd meet up with them but um just kind of guiding and holding like they didn't you know I wanted them to hold my hand, but it was just mm -hmm. like, okay, figure it out on your own and come back to us. So the program with Sports Physio Canada kind of lays out like you need this many hours of contact sport, you need this many hours of sport in general. You know, um, again, with Hockey Alberta, it was really great because they brought, you know, you got to connect and they brought the therapist in. Like it's a volunteer um, situation, but they bring people in, therapists in, and they do some education with them and go over like emergency action plans and then you meet these people and you get to learn them or learn about them and then you stay connected in the province mm -hmm. and looking to come down to calgary again it was easier to connect as well um and then like i said you have to have a mentor so mm -hmm. this is my primary mentor 
and it's just been a huge, she's, um, the, actually she's the chief medical officer for the now 2021 um, Summer Olympic Games. So she has a lot of experience and she's challenged me and she's um, held me accountable and it's, it's just been great. But just lining yourself up with people, asking people who you know work with sports or are where you want to be, reach out. Everyone in the sporting community is amazing. I haven't mm -hmm. had been like, mm, I'm not going to share that information with you. And again, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone who's looking to get into uh, sports and mm -hmm. sports. And just because people have done it for me and it just makes your life easier. And uh, there isn't always a direct, um, you know, this is the set path, which I know. Goes, we like. Hashtag it depends. <laughs> it depends. Always. Yeah. For sure. Um, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced Maybe not along the way, but now that you are a sport physio, some of the things that kind of pop up and get really difficult. Well, more recently, like my life has looked very different in the last two years than it did um, working with a more amateur sport. Mm -hmm. so working with, um, so next, it's called the Next Gen program. Um, it's kind of like the junior national athletes. So the ones that are like one step away from being on the World Cup teams and the national teams. Um, Last season, I traveled with uh, ski cross and half pipe skiers, and we were all over. Mm -hmm. um, you really have to be kind of organized, get your home life organized, um, get your chart notes done when you're in clinic, and then because you're away for three weeks and then you're home for a week and then you're gone again. Um, traveling, you have to know like where you're going. Are you going out to the boonies? Do you need to bring more? you know, even just stuff like Advil, tape, or, you know, are you going to a first world country, like, you know, somewhere like Switzerland, where you know you can go replace things. Um, so packing a trunk, what are you taking? How much stuff do you take? Do I take my ski bag and, a, you know, and a personal bag and the table and the, like the medical supplies? Um, and then navigating to sometimes you're not traveling with the team. So when you navigate on your own, it's like, okay, you get to Europe, you're taking this train to get to this train, to this bus to get to this skiing hamlet. Um, so that was like navigating on your own. Cause again, when I traveled with sport, all 25 of us were a herd. Mm -hmm. So you definitely have to be independent. Um, you have to be able to make decisions because an athlete has a crash. You need to be able to assess them and have confidence in that assessment. And it's something that you still battle with. Like you talk to people who've been in practice for, you know, 15, 20 years. It's always like, did I make the right decision? But lean on your mentors for that. Um, and it's something I really just like discovered first, my first year, like last uh, 18 to 19 season. Um, I could have leaned on my mentors more and taken some stress off myself. But when you're road you're up first thing in the morning um before dawn and skiing is like you know every sport is unique but i'll just talk cross country or ski cross is you're up crack of dawn um you should have your bag packed from the night before i take a certain amount of medical supplies and warm-up tools up the hill you eat breakfast you're on the gondola or you're waiting in line to get on the gondola sometimes a commute either driving or up the gondola is an hour you get there, you help the athletes because of the next gen level, um, at least with our sports, typically we don't take strength coaches. So we're helping athletes with warming up, making sure mm -hmm. that you don't bring any K taping or any uh, preventative taping that you need to do, um, helping people work out kinks from the night before, but really promoting um, self stuff. 
So I don't practice a lot of like, ooh, I'm gonna do a lot of like, you know, deep muscle release uh, or a lot of PNF or anything like that right before they go skiing. But you make sure that, you know, you arm the athletes with the tools because there are some trips that I don't travel with the team. So you don't want them to become dependent on you. Then you're on hill. Um, you're the emergency first uh, responder on the hill. So yes, you know, it depends on which country you're in. We trust, you know, first world countries and certain countries like Austria have excellent, excellent um, snow patrol rescue uh, responders. But, um, you know, there's also places like Georgia who just south of Russia that, you know, we don't know what their standards are. So um, you're on hill, your first responder on hill, day wraps up, athletes head down. You're the last one, you know, you head down with the coaches. Uh, you're like almost the last one off the hill. You get back, you get about a half hour to um, change over, have a snack, hydrate, um, breathe, and then you're doing treatments. And the treatments, whether it's 20 minutes, half hour, the athletes just book in and you're doing just regular treatments like you would be doing in clinic. Um, you take whatever you can on the road. Um, you know, you can do your needling, your acu, your anything. So the athletes just, you set the table up in the multi-purpose room or, you know, in your room and you treat, treat, treat. And then at supper time and then meetings happen. So team meetings, staff meetings, and then it's about nine, 10 o'clock and you do it all over again the next day. So they're long days, but they're super enjoyable because your office is sometimes you're standing on the side of the Swiss Alps. It's pretty crazy. That's awesome. So definitely alongside the glamour of being a sport uh, physio, there's uh, comes with its own set of challenges. So uh, thanks for sharing that, Erica. I think um, there's another thing that I was kind of thinking as you're chatting there is, you know, I've treated, I've treated athletes myself as well, obviously, maybe not at the level that um, you know, you're treating, but um, I've noticed there are some challenges even treating uh, athletes. Um, and so there's, there's different ways that I have to kind of motivate my uh, athletes or um, sometimes you have like your subset of clients that aren't doing exercise and you have like a subset of exercise do too much exercises, right? And I find my athletes are the too much exercisers. So how do you kind of manage those situations or what are some like pro tips that you might have to uh, kind of help with that kind of management of, of the sport physio specific caseload? The big thing is, is know your athlete, like know who you're working with. So if you're fortunate enough or it's in your practice that you work with the team, you know, you definitely get to know your athletes and who your, you know, people are that they're almost too attention to detail to a fault or the ones that are too lackadaisical, almost to a fault. Um, explaining, I find that we have to give this tissue time to heal and explain a little bit about why. But in the meantime, if these athletes are used to um, very high level activities you have to uh subsidize that you don't want them to lose their conditioning so it's a knee injury okay um we need to keep their cardio up depending on what kind of athlete they are mm-hmm. and that's part of the sports physio background and uh education as well um you need to know is that hopefully you know at my level i'm very fortunate to get to work with excellent excellent very educated strength coaches so it's just putting our heads together or even just deferring mm-hmm. but if you're just an amateur team you need to know how to keep their cardio up, how to keep their strength up while they're doing rehab, but um, be very specific. Like athletes, it's like you are going to do this exercise five times, okay? Two sets, five times. This is the pace. You know, is it an easy exercise? And just be very specific um, because 
that's how typical athletes are brought up is they like, you know, they're looking at drills on the whiteboard or they're looking at skills. They want, they're used to be getting instructions. So be specific with them and just explain like the consequences, you know, to a point, you know, if your athlete's kinesiophobia, that's uh, you know, that's a, you have to dance around that as well, but just making sure that this is why, and you know, this, this, and this are approved. However, we could slow down healing if we try to do too much too soon. So just be very detailed, um, like very specific, pardon me, with sets, reps, which exercises, when, stop if it's painful, we'll problem solve it, don't push through the pain, because again, a lot of your athletes, especially like your bicyclists, your cross-country skiers, like they're used to pushing through pain, right? So they can, just informing them that it's not going to help them in the long run. Now, I do have a follow-up just about your caseload and management as well. I know you also mentioned that um, you have your sport physio certificate. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, do you need to have a sport physio certificate to be kind of where you're at or does it help or what is um, kind of what's the background about having that? How's that going to help with someone's practice wanting to get into something like sport physiotherapy? So most organizations that you're working for, like club organizations, won't have it written down. But if you're looking to go the route of eventually getting to the Olympics, mm-hmm. it's required um, to do Canada Games. You mm-hmm. uh, So Canada Games, they bring um, massage therapists, physios, doctors, uh, mm-hmm. and athletic therapists. But you can't even apply if you don't have your certificate, like your full okay. certificate, which is a written and practical exam. Mm-hmm to be eligible to go to FISU games, which is a university kind of um, world games, um, to go to Pan Am games and to go to the Olympic games, you have to be fully um, diploma certified. So um, unfortunately due to COVID, they canceled the diploma exam, um, which was supposed to be first weekend of May. So I haven't heard when they're rescheduling that, but I was supposed Mm -hmm. to be writing the diploma practical or doing the diploma practical this May. But Mm -hmm. to get to those events, you need to, um, like I said, have those certifications. And now CSI, at least in Calgary, because um, mm-hmm. there are a few uh, Canadian sport institutes across Canada, um, Victoria, Whistler, Toronto, uh, Quebec, et cetera. Um, now they're making it a requirement that you're either in the program if you're going to the Olympics or um, you're fully certified. So they're kind of we're pushing towards that because they realize the value of those certifications. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So it definitely helps with uh, at least higher level and the diploma is something that seems to be required for like the next step, the even club, after that. Eh? Yeah, exactly. But club wise, it's okay. kind of dependent on the club, like WHL, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure, like, you know, obviously you'd be a more, um, a higher ranked candidate if you had it, but mm-hmm. It's kind of team and lead specific um, what certifications you have to work like CFL and NBA and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, just kind of going back to your treating like some of the challenges of treating athletes. I don't know if you can answer this or if it's like very specific, but um, just in some of those instances where like athletes are like out for a season, say, because of like some of the more devastating injuries I guess Mm -hmm. do you have any advice on like how to maybe like talk to an athlete after that kind of situation like when sometimes like the prognosis is like a year as opposed to like being able to get them back before the championships or whatever they have coming up so unfortunately I've had a 
more experience than I would like to with this in the last years. So, for instance, ACL. We're all, we can look at like an ACL injury. Um, both work I work with, you need an ACL to do it. Um, rehabbing without it is not at least what we, we haven't found anyone um, that's doing that within Canada at this level right now. But um, these athletes are just like, they're driven. They're like, mm, it's part of the sport. Like I'm lucky that, you know, and I can pair them up with um, other athletes, right? So if somebody has, depends on how they're doing. Like if they are logically not in a great place, you know, access your sports psych. And again, there's sports psychology that we have access to because we're very fortunate to have them part of our, our IST, our um, interdisciplinary uh, support team. Um, so we can defer to that, but you're basically again, a psychologist sometimes as you guys, I'm sure know or know soon. Yep. <laughs> uh, clients, athletes or not, they just kind of spill their hearts out and just making sure that they're set up. Right. So it might be an opportunity for athletes to take courses in school, right? Mm -hmm. They haven't had time to do so because of their involvement in sport. Make sure you access hobbies. Maybe, you know, they love to paint or things like that, um, because a lot of these people are defined as, you know, it's, you know, to a fault again, but their definition and their identity is that they are an athlete. If I'm not a skier, then am I? Um, so making sure that, um, and again, watching your language, like don't say good side, bad side, just be like, oh, this is our surgical side, this is our affected side, this is the side we're working on, um, and just trying to stay positive, and again, knowing your athlete, knowing what makes them tick, right? If you can, if they're coming into your, you know, your room, your, your table, and they're just walking in, just head hung down, then, you know, trying to pick spirits up. And, um, but again, just finding other ways that they can engage through the year because they know it's a long rehab. And something that we've really been discussing lately at CSI is getting the athlete engaged in the process. So instead of strength and physio and doc over here, deciding the plan of action for the athlete, bringing the athlete in and being like, okay, so, you know, you're six weeks non-weight bearing because of the meniscus. Um, you know, this is what we're going to do. These are the exercises. We're going to like hammer out your upper body. This is, you know, an opportunity to work on some deficiencies we found, you know, if they need, I find, uh, just identifying when they need a break, like about three months is a, uh, three months post-op I find is a really, most of my athletes get who are doing rehab kind of get like a lag or like just kind of like a lack of motivation because you're doing some good stuff but you're not doing all the exciting stuff yet mm -hmm. let them take a week off to go home or you know go to mexico with their family um you know provide provide them with stuff they can take with them but just kind of getting in tune with them and just talking like mm -hmm. about, like what are they struggling with and helping to direct them you know to the right area working with lower level athletes Again, there's like, think, you know, get some resources online um, or find, you know, an alternative, you know, maybe just having them around the ring. Yeah, they're on crutches maybe, but, you know, maybe they want to go sit in with their like coaches chalk talk or meetings and things like that. Just keep them involved with the team because these athletes, especially the team athletes, the team is their like life. It's their community. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what you mentioned is really great, right? Like, this is, like, true uh, patient-centered care, right, where they are the center of their care, and they can kind of dictate, you know, there's different aspects that, obviously, you know, you know, I've had, like, we've had, uh, we have at our clinic, too, with our, with our chiro, with our massage, when we're all treating the same athlete. Um, you know, we do have to have a discussion sometimes about when they can return to their sport or when they can go back and play. Like, the, it's very interesting that you know, this isn't something that, 
you, you, this is something you learn kind of on the fly, I guess, like, uh, or, you know, from a mentor or something, or you, you really have to kind of experience some of those things. Right. Um, but what's, um, what's really interesting is, um, you know, in, in such a short period of time, you've been able to kind of nail down some of these processes and understand how these athletes work and understand how their minds work. And you've been able to build a, such a strong connection with, with your, with your athletes and you've uh, been able to be successful at this, um, at this practice that you're running now uh, with all with mainly uh, the sport physio uh, practice. Um, but I wanted to kind of get into setting about two different parts is what are some strategies that you recommend to um, individuals who either doesn't have to be just new grads, but anybody who uh, is transitioning to maybe take on a sport physio caseload or working with athletes, what are some strategies that you recommend to them to, um, to adopt in order to be successful with that? And um, what are some, um, what's some advice in general into getting into the realm of sport physiotherapy as well? Probably the biggest, best piece of advice that has kept me sane over the last two years is taking time for yourself. Like these road trips, they're hectic. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and even if you are, you know, when I was in Grand Prairie, I was on the road all the time, all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. I didn't take time for me. And then, you know, you end up getting burnt out. But taking time for yourself. And whether that's like half hour here to read a book, whether that's you know you taking a shower whether that's at the end of a, a trip or the end of a season just taking a holiday just for you um some a practice that i've gotten into that i highly highly recommend is um i don't take a day before i leave or before i take off on a trip but i definitely take at least two to three days um and whether that's i extend a you know extend my trip um, a couple of days traveling just for me, or I come home and I literally sit in my house and get my laundry done and clean my apartment, but not coming back landing Tuesday night to go work Wednesday. Um, mm -hmm. I've tried that. It doesn't work. You aren't, um, you're run down, you're wore out. You have to make sure you're recharging your batteries. Um, other pieces of advice for people just getting into the field is just reach out, talk, shadow, volunteer. We've all done it. We've all done the, like, you know, a lot of people, even when we are looking for Alberta games volunteers, they want to be paid. All of us that are kind of where we are now, we've done the groundwork. We've shadowed, we've volunteered, volunteered, you know, free hours, free labor, things like that. But just look for different areas to get involved and um, just ask to shadow. Be like, hey, like, you work with this football team or this rugby team. Can I just come out and shadow you? You know, you have to check with the teams, but, or can we just grab a coffee? Can I buy you a coffee and let's have a conversation? Um, I'm absolutely open to things like that. Um, and people are open to me and the more, you know, I wish I'd done more of it. Like Veronica, you're just, you know, you're still in school and if sports is a way that you want to go, reach out to those like that work, um, you know, if they work sports at your school or work sports in the community that you're in, just ask people to have a coffee or, you know, especially right now, maybe you have a virtual coffee or you have a <laughs> or a zoom date, but <laughs> people have time right now. Like all sports are shut down. Like this is a time that, you know, this COVID time we can, you can learn and you can take advantage and just reach out, get some mentors in, you know, in your court. And like, that's what's going to make your life easier. And it's all, you know, you still have to stumble and fall yourself and be like, Ooh, like maybe that wasn't the smoothest way of doing that. Or, you know, I could do this better, but it's just, it's life, right? You learn, you know, 
everything that you learn, you can do better the next time. And, you know, if you with other you know start like saying yeah like on or give her this I think you you cut out a little bit there, Erica. Did she leave? Yeah. <laughs> we'll give her a couple of seconds. Okay. I was like, I don't know if mine's freezing. I know. I, I thought it was mine, too. I was like, wait. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to just give you a long note it, here. It might be hers. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do you want to send her email? See if yeah. Uh, see if she's still uh, with us. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yeah. We shall see. I think she's just probably working on the mic. You're still muted there, Erica. Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> yeah no i uh i don't know zoom just crashed on my computer and i have that oh so. man oh, oh no classic. phone is back off yeah. it's okay recording is still live don't worry we didn't lose anything <laughs> it's all good maybe okay. we'll let you kind of do you want where you left horizontal? off oh that's fine yeah, yeah, well, that's actually uh, perfect. Um, yeah. um question we got cut off mid. yeah so the uh, question was uh more so about kind of some strategies to um, that you recommend for um, individuals looking right. to get into sports yeah. physio, kind of working with athletes like that. 
yeah, just taking the time, finding good mentors to have in your court, reaching out, watching YouTube, <laughs> <You> spend hours <laughs> yeah. and hours and hours of time watching how first responders come on the field yeah. um, and be like, hey, like, what do you say to somebody when they go down? Like, everyone has their own little spiel yeah. and mine changes. <laughs> <laughs> like, buddy like depending on who it is be like buddy you just got cranked you know? <laughs> you know depending on like you know the situation if it's serious or if you know the wind's just knocked out of them um and also just practice like you got to get good with your taping um if you're working with you know football there's a good practice for ankle tape jobs but practice um and, and you know, educate yourself, line yourself with thing that again, I've learned, I don't try to like overcommit yourself to like three teams and saying yes, 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 yes. Um, all the time. And then, you know, I, as much as I talked about volunteering, know your worth, right? So someone's going to be like, yeah, I'll pay you $25 to come out and cover this game. Meanwhile, you know that the game can't go on um, unless they have a certified person on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're working for a team, just like make sure you know, if it is a paid spot that you advocate for your worth. And um, like I said, just time management um, mm-hmm. as well. And just fitting in time when you can. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any? And the other thing I, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go <laughs> One more thing. Listen to, like, listen to your athletes. Don't put everybody in a box. And this is good advice for anybody, any physio working with anybody is just listen. You mm-hmm. learn so much more from listening um, and just finding out what makes that person tick, right? Mm-hmm. Like just find out what, you know, they love and just, you know, method of distraction during serious injuries is really good as well for when people are trying to get rehab or waiting for surgery. Um, if you can connect with them on a different level, it's great as well. Um, just to wrap things up, do you have any books that you're currently reading or have read in the past that you would recommend to a physio or anyone? Um, nothing that's super, like super sports specific, but right now, like I've gone back to it so many times. It's called the gifts of imperfection. It's a quick read. It's by Brene Brown. Um, you know, at least in my physio class with a lot of physio friends, we all try to be perfect. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's sweetness sometimes in the struggle. <laughs> and gotcha. when you get to the other side, you see that. So I like that one. Um, I'm currently reading um, the follow-up to Girl, Wash Your Face. Um, I like that one as well. Um, and then just look at my book shelf right here. And, the other one is seven effects of highly seven habits oh, of right. highly, highly effective people. I love that one. one. Um, by Stephen uh, R. Kobe. That's yeah. just one that I'm just, I don't know. It provides you with a lot of tools and things to make your life easier. So I'd say those three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, especially the last one. I really do like that one. He, apparently he, I haven't read this one yet, but he has an eighth habit. So, uh, which is apparently. He does. Uh, <laughs> a new, uh, 
a new release i guess and i guess then, yeah. yeah and then I, maybe it was from his like previous work or something but yeah well those are some really good uh recommend i haven't heard of the first two but uh definitely we'll be checking those out um now erica i know you mentioned um that you know if anybody wants to learn a little bit more to get in touch with you they can mm-hmm. um how is the best way to they can get in touch with you whether it's social media or email or something um what's the best way to kind of get in touch with you um, so I'm not on all the social media as, uh, outlets, but definitely Instagrams where I'm most active. Mm-hmm. Sports Fizzy YYC um, is my handle there. Um, and then you can reach me via email at uh, sports, that's with an S, physio YYC at gmail.com. Um, and again, reach out and definitely open to having conversations especially now that we've been given the gift of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if you want to sit down, pick my brain, fire me off some questions, don't be shy. Um, Because I've, I've been intimidated by a lot of people. And then you realize, you know, whether you're working with an Olympian or whether you're, you know, just chatting with like the flame, like the flames head physio, they're just people. Mm -hmm. And that's, they just want you to treat, treat them like people and have laughs and, whatnot so yeah feel free to reach out um questions comments concerns how to which route do i take um it's it the sports physio world's you know you get to know a lot of people in it and there's a lot of amazing humans so awesome just to confirm come on in uh, i guess (laughs) just to confirm the ig handle was uh sport physio yyc uh sports with an s okay oh sports physio yyc yyc yeah perfect okay gotcha all right okay awesome i think um yeah so we'll have to uh get in touch with you um and you too veronica if you want to be a sport physio you know who to call (laughs) yeah Yeah, honestly like i said reach out um and with technology nowadays it's pretty cool that you know we can do this from three different cities yeah (laughs) we're going global here (laughs) awesome thanks so much uh erica appreciate you uh coming on to the, uh, the podcast here um, and again if anybody has any questions uh, reach out to her on her IG uh, and, um, and you know, it's been great chatting with you uh, thanks again and we'll chat with you soon thank you so much thank you both this was awesome thank you take care guys take care Bye. thank you everyone for tuning in to the PTBC podcast hope you enjoyed the episode today Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.